0: Listeners of this show will get a seventy-five dollar sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sandy Jacobs. Co-host, TJ Inman will be with us here shortly. Uh, we are breaking down the Indiana-Michigan game from yesterday. Indiana fell 20-10 to in a hard-fought game against the number three ranked uh, Michigan Wolverines in Ann Arbor yesterday in a snow game that was kind of cool to watch from the radio booth um, with the window open. Uh, snow games in college are rare. Uh, so it was special to see that um now we welcome in t j inman t j how
0: are you Hi, I'm doing well Sammy yes uh hard fog game I think is a good way good way to describe that some very clear positives to to take away from it um moving to the season finale uh but also you know a few negatives as well and we'll we'll discuss that, but uh, I think the bottom line is that Indiana proved Again, that they are very capable of uh, playing with the best teams on their schedule, but not yet capable of uh, getting over the hump against them.
1: Yeah, it was a, a game where a lot of a lot of people were texting me. You know, hey, you know they played hard. That was impressive. Um, you know, that was big boy football stuff like that, and, and, and it was for the most part. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but this is where yeah. you this is where you see. Uh, recruiting and depth come in uh come into play. TJ you have yep. you know, Indiana's line is really banged up. Uh you know, you don't have Demetri Camille for most of the season. Uh Brandon Knighted yep. out uh with a leg injury and then you have other um other injuries as well. I mean you, you, Jordan Fuchs is out, uh Sammy Cobbs is out and, and those injuries added up and, and you could see that even though Michigan was playing with their backup quarterback and and O'Korn wasn't great yesterday, uh, and he no. might not have even been good, um, and, and maybe been bad, but you know they had the the depth and the talent around him to to give the ball to a Davion Smith. Uh, they had a punter who, and I, to me, it came this game came down to field field position and, and the punting game where you know Joseph Gideon. I, I don't know what it was. It was a tough wind day. It was a tough day in the snow, and, and you're going against Jabril Peppers, but he looked totally lost and overwhelmed yeah. by, the, by the moment. He, I, the average net yards per punt was 26.4. He had two punts blocked. Um, one He had one decent punt, which, you know, he rugby-style kicked and, and bounced it out inside the 20. But other than that, you know the 26.4 yards per punt. Two of them blocked. Michigan's average starting field position was at at their own 38-yard line. So anytime you're going to give the opponent a ball and the ball at their own 38, that close to you know midfield, you're you're in trouble. And I don't care who you play, you could be playing you know um, a high school team if, if you give them the ball. Uh, around midfield, they're going to take advantage of it. So, to me, that, that's what the game came down to. I thought Lego played pretty well uh, given the conditions. A divine Redding just, you know, it was a typical Divine Redding game against a, a stout defense like uh, like Michigan, you know, 2.3 yards of carry. Um, the holes were there. As you saw, you know, Camion got, got some – some yards. Uh, Alex Rodriguez had a big run. Ricky Brookins you know, uh, had a seven-yard run uh, or a six-yard run. So there were holes there. It's just you have to have the speed to get there and the footwork to get there. And Divine and Redding, he is going to get 1,000 yards this year. He It will be the first time since, I think, Von Dunbar to have back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons rushing. But he just doesn't – it takes him too long to get going against defenses like this. Um, where he needs, you know, five or ten yards to get to full speed, where we saw the last two years with Jordan Howard and Tevin Coleman, where it's maybe, you know, a step or two, and they're at full speed. So, um, to me, you know, TJ, our goal coming into the game, what we expected was just play well, clean up the turnover issues, uh, and, and get out of there relatively healthy, and and I think they did that outside of the Devontae Williams ankle injury. He did not dress, um, yeah, or he did not play, but I I don't he did not dress. I don't think he traveled uh, with the team as well. So you know they're relatively healthy uh, coming into Bucket Week. But was there anything else you took away from that game
0: on Saturday? Well, yeah, I mean running back is is now uh, pretty thin as far as. As far as scholarship guys go, we do not know if Mike Majet or Devontae Williams will be able to go uh against Purdue. So hopefully at least one of those guys can get back. Um, I think they add an element that uh that they don't have and there should be you know there should be some running lanes here against Purdue, uh if this season past games have been any indication of what the Bloodlers can do uh defensively. So that's That'll be something to watch as the week goes on. It did slide. Uh, I don't know if it would have happened anyway, if those guys would have been healthy, but I think that those injuries uh, split Damian Patrick into kind of spot duty as a running back. And then we saw it uh, work for a touchdown in the red zone, just the fourth rushing touchdown Michigan has given up all year. So that was a plus. Uh, I thought that the defense did a tremendous job uh, throughout the game. And,
1: and – a note on the defense, TJ, uh, I think it's Pro Football Talk or PFF Talk, uh, Some one of those websites graded out the game, and defensive tackle Nate Hoff graded out as the best player on either of the two defenses, and he had an outstanding Perfect. game. Um, I mean, did, as, a yeah. tackle, as a defensive tackle, um, he had eight <laughs> tackles, five solo, Uh, with a uh, uh, one and a half tackles for a loss that almost equals his output from last year. I mean, eight tackles as a defensive tackle, that's a monster game. Um, and Pat uh, Doherty had a, had a good game as well. So I just wanted to to give Nate Hoff his due eight tackles for, for a defensive tackle is, is really outstanding. And, you know, credit to, to Mark Hagan and, um, Tom Allen and the players for putting in the effort, because this was one of our weak links on, on defense coming into this year, and, and they really have gone above and
0: beyond our expectations. Yeah, I, that, I, I, I knew that Hoff had had a, a very strong game. I was unaware that it was, was that good, so kudos to him. And, I, I mean, really what stood out defensively was the level of pressure that Indiana was able to get. Uh, the level of penetration they were able to get against Michigan's offensive line that was very impressive. Uh, a few tackling issues against Evian Smith, um, but I mean he's a very good player. Uh, and it, yeah, it was that was the disappointing part was that it, they just were put into so many bad positions as a defense uh, where Michigan was in great field position that it, it just eventually they were able to to break a couple of big plays to get into the end zone. And that, I don't blame the defense for that at all. They were put in tough spots all day and did really, really good work to keep it the 20 um, against the Michigan offense that, you know, I I think it's fair to say that they're, they're struggling a little bit right now, but they still have a ton of talent. And I, I talked before the game about, you know, kind of a barometer for the secondary comparing what Michigan did last year uh with Darbo, Chesson and Jake Budd uh against what they do this year and it, it's night and day. Uh Michigan's secondary or Michigan's uh, passing game was completely yeah, irrelevant set, for the most part on seven Saturday, catches so.
1: seven catches for fifty nine yards. And and a lot of that might have to do with, with John O'Corn not Yeah being great, yeah, but fair. that Michigan receivers were not running wide open downfield. They did not call a lot no. of pass plays anyway. Jake Butt did not have a catch, and he's arguably the best tight end in the country, and IU has had issues covering tight ends. Yep. Um, he had, I think, maybe one or two targets. Uh, Jonathan Crawford made a great play. It looked like he had a catch and, and just ripped the ball out for an incompletion. Uh, the, the leading receiver was Ty Isaac, you know, with 21 yards on a screen pass, I think. Other yeah. than that, you held J.U. Cheston to two catches for 12 yards, Amara Darbo for one catch for 12 yards. And other than that, nobody did anything in the passing game. So, you know, that's a, a reflection on Fant and and Aishon Riggins at the corners. And then uh, some of the safety play as well with Tony Fields, yeah. who's been playing really well and, and Jonathan Crawford, who's been solid, but I, I, there, there were a couple of concerns outside of the, of the punk game, TJ. The first one yeah. um, is the red zone offense. They, IU got 10 points in, on their trips yeah. to the red zone, which relative to what they've done all year is good. But I, I think they're out thinking themselves a little too much. I, you know, I asked Wilson after the game, what, you know what was the thought behind um, that second trip inside the ten with running reading twice and having Lego with the keeper, and it, you know yeah. his explanation was we, we saw the guy crash on the first play so on the second play, you know we sent we we told Lego to read it and and tried to, to beat him to the outside, which look if you're going to run I. I the play call might be better, but you know you're you're now using Camion Patrick in the backfield, so they feel comfortable enough with his knee to put him put him out there. It was successful on the first trip down there, and a yep. touchdown down there really really um, puts that game uh, puts the screws to Michigan. Uh, you know they had just you know drawn within seven to six, and Indiana marched down the field uh, on a long drive, and if he gets seven points there. You really make that crowd uneasy. It was it was a morgue at halftime. Um, you know, all the students left at halftime as well. So it's not just an IU problem, uh, as as um, Alex yeah. pointed out to us uh, on on our group text. But uh, you know, you you really start getting these fans a little a little weary uh, if if you score a touchdown there. So I would like to see uh, the the Wildcat down there. Uh, with Tyler Nati, and I, I like the look with with uh, with Diamante at running back and uh, Camion back there as well because they yeah there's just too many options and uh, Camion has that speed that Divine Redding does not um, but you know we'll see I, they did get ten points out of it it's okay and then the second issue I had was. Jonathan Crawford on the late hit, whether or not it was an actual late hit, that's a play we have not seen in a long time Uh, that cost IU a chance at a third and eight, third and nine uh, to get Michigan off the field uh, deep in their own territory, kicking into the wind. Um, And that play sparked them, and and really they, they were able to milk the clock down to yeah. to about uh 2 2 minutes after that and and that play was that's just a play that we haven't seen uh for a while and that's a play that that brings back all those memories of what IU football used to be that they're undisciplined uh that they, they they're choke artists and stuff like that which is I I don't think is the case this year but that that was the play that that was concerning to me. Um, on that, but other than that, I, I thought the game that they, they played hard, they played well, uh, they did not turn the ball over, uh, and that was a big emphasis uh, going into yeah. uh, this week and and stuff. So I, I think you got to, as an IU fan, you got to feel pretty good going into Bucket Week, and we'll have all all the Bucket Week coverage. At HoosierHuddle.com and and uh, all the Senior Day festivities coverage as well, but uh, yeah, going in it, you should feel pretty good about this team getting that sixth win. It's just a matter of you know are they going to be able to stop that trend of playing up and down to their opponents and, and really uh, you know keep the the uh, their foot on the pedal uh, and, and effort against against Purdue.
0: Yeah, I. You know, first point that you made. Uh, it's important to remember Michigan has the number one red zone defense. This was a number one red zone defense versus you know the last place red zone offense. So, yep. not turning the ball over, getting points, ten of them. You know, that's that's, that's probably uh, realistically the best case scenario you could have hoped for based on hey, what you, Indiana had you, looked you like got, previously in the red yeah, zone. you got so. You got 10 out of the 14 points,
1: which is which is okay relative to yeah. what they've done all season.
0: Yeah, it was. A, but you're right. I mean, that settling for the field goal, which it, it it was still a good drive. That was still a successful drive because Michigan had just gotten a field goal. You converted a couple of third downs to move yourself into that position. Got a couple of nice pass plays, uh, which were yep. a few and far between thanks to the weather and a, a great Michigan secondary. I think that needs to be said. Uh they they play such tight coverage and do an incredible job at it that it makes every throw a real challenge. And I thought Richard Lego actually you know the stat line does not look good but I, I thought he played reasonably well. Um he, he did not hurt IU and IU really didn't beat themselves on Saturday. And I think Lego deserves some credit for, for some of the plays he made, uh, which probably anybody has made against that Michigan secondary this year. Uh, but I, you know, I know it's frustrating to get down there in the red zone. I agree with the overthinking, perhaps, with, well, if we put the in, they're going to know we're going to be running that zone play, so, you know, let's do it with Lego and, and try to catch them off guard. I understand that, but he just does not have the speed to beat that Michigan defense. Uh, even if they were full, they would have recovered quick enough to tackle him before he gets anywhere close to the end zone. So um, I, I agree with that. I'd love to see T taking snaps because Diamont just doesn't hand the ball off ever. So I'd love no, to see T taking it... snaps. Diamant as, me... as, uh, yeah, Diamant as a running back and then, Kavion Patrick back there is is another option. It's a different look. It's a good wrinkle to that package. And I think I I would love to see Kavion Patrick unleashed against Purdue. I would love to see that happen. Give him the ball eight to ten times back there. I'm not saying overtax him because you still need to be mindful of the limits that he has physically right now. But I would love to see him get the most work that he's had uh on Saturday against Purdue because I, I really think he could be a gigantic difference maker out of that package and uh offer a real glimpse of what's to come in the future. Uh, I mean there, there was uh, at least one obvious play. Diamond keeps it instead of giving it to Cameon so and yeah that, that was if he doesn't but, score
1: it's a big it's a big play yeah. uh, nonetheless. Who knows if Michigan makes a tackle but it has a chance to go a <laughs> distance and and you know, I was talking to, to Bucks who are in the in the radio booth about it and I asked him would that have been the touchdown if the amount of hands it off? 'Cause it, it i mean it looked like the the but, the, no. the mesh point on on the handoff was that Cameo was wide open and he had daylight to he run to it. and yep, and he wanted it and and all that and then another misplay and this, you know, the, the one knock on, on Lego I had was when they were going up tempo, and IU's been awesome at going up tempo and, and when that offense gets in rhythm, but they finally had Michigan standing around not in position, uh, and it ended yeah. up being an incomplete pass. But he had Ricky Jones wide open down the left side of the field, uh, like wide open. It would have been a walk-in touchdown probably. Um, pretty, and he broke must- said I
0: forget that play.
1: I think he threw to Westbrook. He threw it to the right side of the field. It might have been Westbrook. Um, the play was broken up. It was a good play okay. by by a, by the defender. But, you know, he must have not seen Ricky Jones on, on that side of the field. But, I mean, it, it was like going back to playground football where you're jumping up and down like, hey, hey, I'm open. And so yeah. I, that's just, you know, the thing. It's his first year at IU. Um, he doesn't have all that much experience in this offense, uh, that Sudfeld had last year. And this is where all these bowl practices and, and getting 15 more practices are going to help IU building a program in the future. And, you know, to to go back to my first point of the show was, you know, the, the talent difference and the recruiting difference. Um, Michigan has gone to bowls for the last 50 years uh, for the most part. And have had those extra practices. So not only do they recruit better players uh, in in their recruiting rankings, they have basically an extra spring practice to develop these young guys who are running on the scout team, uh, who are redshirting, and then they get into the the, you know they're they're further ahead than a team like IU and Purdue who have you know missed bowl games and, and don't get those practices and don't recruit the athletes that Michigan can recruit. So getting to that that bowl game, regardless of where it is, regardless of opponent, those 15 practices are the best thing to come out of it, um, other than the extra week of of IU football. But those 15 practices are going to be key, especially with, um, you know, you have some key guys graduating. Uh, You're going to need some of these linemen to step up next year. Uh, a yeah. guy like Sean Bonner at tight end who should be back healthy, but is red shirting will get a, a lot out of these practices. So, you know. Yeah, Max, you Morris, the,
0: the receivers. Yep.
1: Yeah, all these guys. Um, and then, you know, who knows what Cole Guest and, and those guys are doing. Cole Guest is probably going to red shirt, but he's probably healthy enough now to, to practice and, and get those yeah. reps in. So. You know, you can laugh at being a six and six bowl team all you want. It is still a necessary uh, step in evolving the program, and I think IU is slowly taking steps to to going in the right direction. And this game just showed you how close they were to being there, but also how far away they they, they are off sure. of sure. Um, off of some of these big teams.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. And then the the yeah you know, the one. That frustrating part for the defense. Uh, Right after you go up 10-6, you've got them in third and eight, with a forced a three and out, getting the ball back at 10-6. You've just gone on a scoring drive. Uh, Their offense was, like you said, it was a a Morgan there, and their offense was was completely disjointed. Yeah, had nothing going. Marcus Oliver breaks through the backfield, or breaks through the line, uh, again, Indiana getting great pressure and penetration uh, against that Michigan offensive line, and John O'Corn wriggles away. As you can call the a missed tackle, I guess. Uh, O'Corn wriggles away, runs for 30 yards. Uh, it fires him up, fires Proud up. Next, I think was it the next play then? Yeah, Debian the next Smith play. Later,
1: Smith scores from 34 yeah. yards out to go ahead, and they that, that drives. Yeah, that drive started with five, about five minutes left, five and a half minutes left. So let's say you stop O'Corn there, and I had this as, as the turning point of the game uh, no in, in my rapid yep. reaction. Um, and if you stop there, you figure another, you know, let's say there's four and a half minutes left. You get the ball back. Three and a you, half, you, four I minutes mean, left in the third. You could start salting away the clock a little bit and, and run your offense and, and open the playbook yeah. a little bit and start getting and, those tack on points that I talked about in the keys, yeah. keys to a victory. Um, and and, and it would you really make it uncomfortable. Deep in their
0: territory. Yeah, they would have been punting at what, like the thirty five or something? Like is about where they were? Yeah, they.
1: Yeah, they were at the thirty six, and you know, let's yeah. say they made the sack, it would have been back. I believe past the uh, more like inside their own 30. So, yeah. You know, and, and you're punting, you were punting with the wind, right? right? They were going from left to right. Yeah. Um,
0: at they that were point, punting yeah. with the
1: wind. So, who knows? You, you'd get decent field position. You could run some clock, add some points on it, and maybe put that game uh, away sure. a little bit earlier. So, you know, it, it's always these little things, and special teams is something that in the off-season IU is going to have to take a hard look at uh, in terms of coaching, in terms of personnel, uh, and maybe yeah. some practice habits. Because, I mean, it was almost blocks. amateur hour out there. On yeah, it was amateur hour on on the punt uh, on the punt team. You know, it Joseph Gideon, he has a big leg. He's a good athlete, but uh, he was awful on Saturday.
0: Really? Um he I mean,
1: didn't break one. That's a plus. Well, that's cuz he the got blocked. All, really? No, I mean he had some decent returns. He, you you could tell that he wanted one and that if oh, he yeah. got you know if the ball didn't, you know, skip 14 times in in 20 yards, he might have broken one. But he had <laughs> you know, he had four attempts at, at punt returns. He had a 29 total return yards. He, he played well on defense. I mean, that's what he yeah. does, but he did nothing offensively. I sniffed that out well, so credit to Tom Allen and, and the staff and, and the players for for sniffing those plays out, uh, especially that one in the red zone where he looked like he was going to throw, um, and they held him to a field goal. So, you know, overall, I, I got to take a you know take what you can out of this, and then go into next week and you know unleash a, a – you know your your frustrations on on Purdue, um, so well, all these close games that you've lost, and just you know, let it all let leave it all uh, out on the field on on Saturday.
0: Yeah, it's it's. I think like you said, it's going to be very important for Indiana to uh, first of all, you know, take the. I don't know how you do this but they absolutely have to take the mindset that Purdue is not a bad football team that we can just go out there and roll the you know roll the ball out and okay let's let's just go take care of this and and then it comes you know middle of the second quarter and you find yourself down you know 17 to to, to 6 or whatever uh they have to come into it and we've seen them have you know poor starts against uh, lower level competition that has gotten them into trouble, where they've had to play very well to come back and win. Uh, that's been a consistent problem. And then they they play against an Ohio State or a Michigan and and step it up and start out fairly well. But it's yeah, it's they've they've got to have that mindset. And then number two, Purdue has been a sloppy football team all season. They're the only team in the Big Ten that has turned it over like IU has. Indiana needs to be the cleaner football team and the more disciplined football team this Saturday. If they do that, IU is better than Purdue is, no question, and probably significantly better. If Indiana plays a clean game, I fully expect Indiana to win by a few touchdowns. If IU is sloppy, having costly penalties, screwing up in the red zone, Turning the football over with fumbles or a go interceptions, uh, it'll it'll be a test. I mean, it, they will turn that into a close football game with a, a whole lot more on the line for IU than for Purdue. You know, they've got a new football yep. coach coming in at some point this off season. That'll probably happen fairly soon after the bucket game. Uh, they're not going to a bowl game. The only thing they're playing for is to get the bucket back, and I I don't even think that. Their current players have much of an expectation of that. You know, I'm sure that they expect to win Saturday, or at least hope to, but Indiana has a, a whole lot more on the line Saturday. So they've got to be disciplined, got to play a clean game. And if they do that, I feel very good about what the outcome will be. But we haven't seen them play a clean game all that often. It's good to see that Saturday, though. Yeah, they they had a fumble in the last play
1: of the game, but... You know, Feeney yeah. covered it, so it's a turnover-free game. But you're you're right about Purdue. Um, I've been watching a couple of their games uh, over the last couple of days as well. You know, they're a they like fade. typical bad teams. They start off hot. Um, yep. You maybe get a little, you know, things going, and then in the second half, they they're done. So
0: if they want, there's anything going against them. It's done. Yes. They pull up shop. So.
1: Yep. So what? Um, you're correct, and you know, are you getting out to a fast start? You know, Blau has thrown. He threw three more interceptions yesterday. I think that brings his total up to nineteen, um, if Sounds I'm right. not mistaken. Nineteen. Uh, you know, if you could pick off a few passes early, uh, score some touchdowns, get out to a lead. Uh, you're you're right. The, you know, it, it is a rivalry game though. So you know, you never know. Oh sure. You know, you know, you could throw all the records out, um, you know, in terms of motivation, but, you know, Purdue hasn't had the bucket in three years. IU, you know, has won the last three years in a row, hasn't won four in a row since the 40s. So um, they're going to to tie the longest winning streak, I believe, in, in, in the bucket game for Indiana. So there, there's a lot on the line. And, and, and you know, you know, probably these Purdue players, if they have any pride in their team, want that bucket back. They don't want to be the Purdue seniors or, you know, that Purdue squad that lost four in a row to Indiana to equal the longest losing streak in the bucket series uh, since the 40s. And, you know, they're going to come out fired up. And and they do have some playmakers. You know, Blau, as much as he turns the ball over, has a good arm. Um, They have D'Angelo Yancey, who – Yancey, who's their best receiver, who could go over the top, so Richard Fant will have his work cut out for him. Uh, Markel Jones is, is a solid running back. He's banged up, though. Uh, you know, Jake Ropogel should be back um, for his final game, maybe, uh, from injury. So, you know, there are some guys who, on this team who have a lot to play for and, 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 and want to win, but you're right. This is a, a team that IU, on paper, is better than, uh, and, and they're going to have to... Play like that and not start the game like they did against Rutgers. Uh, and, uh, that that, right. that that game is, you know, what you can model this Purdue uh, matchup off of. You know, Rutgers is not very good. The stats against that they had. If, if you're a stat head um, and listening to the show, look up Rutgers stats against Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. It's unbelievable. I I they, like they those four teams. Rutgers didn't score against them. The opponents outgained them like twenty five hundred yards to three sixty. It, it's really amazing. If you're into stats, you know, go look that up. But it, it's a team that you know that IU started slow against, but because of the talent on the field, um, IU came back was able to come back and, and win that game. You know pretty comfortably, but you know it, it's this is a home game um with a bowl game on the line for for i u you gotta you know show up and and we'll break it down uh in more detail later in the week t j uh final thoughts on Michigan
0: uh yeah, I think the the positive we talked about you know the positives were played a clean game uh I think the defense certainly has quite a bit to be happy about. Uh, from there, and, you know, your red zone offense, it wasn't a total disaster. Uh, but I, I think the offense, really, the main thing they can take in, is look through a game without turning it over. We got through a game without real costly penalties. Uh, we did a nice job on a couple of drives against an elite defense. I think the offense can look at those things. The defense can look at uh, the secondary can be very happy with their performance. Uh, you can be happy with the the front, I guess the front six, if you will, and the pressure they got against Michigan's offensive line. So and then Griffin Oaks hit a field goal or hit his field goal uh, and the extra point. So that's a plus. Yeah, but kinda, I think it is a plus. You can look at that. You can say we're healthy. Yeah, loss, but now we got a week to get ready for Purdue. Win, we're going back to the bowl game. We get the bucket for a fourth straight year. Let's take care of business and get it done. Forget about Michigan. You move on. My takeaway from it is it's over. We're healthy as can be. Yeah, I mean, really, it's about as healthy as you can hope to be on the last game of the heading into the last game of the season. Yeah, you got some injuries. So that's going to happen. But really, nothing too catastrophic uh, at this point. I think Simi Cobb's uh, certainly a big loss, but. Uh, for the most part, you're healthy, and uh, it's you got one game to play for to play for what you'd hope to get coming into the year, and that's all you can yep. ask for at this point.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on on all of those fronts. You know, put Michigan behind you, uh, take the yep. positives from that game, uh, go into Purdue with some confidence that hey, we we are better than them. Uh let's let's play like we're better than them. Uh you know, take uh, you know, the the injuries you're you're right. You're as healthy as as can be without any new major injuries. Losing Brandon Knight, losing Demetri Camille stinks. Uh but yeah. this is you know it, it's bucket week. It's time to you know, this is what college football is about. It's a rivalry game, it's an in state rival, you're playing for a trophy and you're playing for a bowl game, so the, there's not much more uh, more you can put on the line uh, for IU football. So we'll see uh, how it shakes out. We'll have all our coverage on HoosierHuddle.com. Um, oh, one last point on, on Griffith Oaks. Yesterday uh, I thought it could have been a dangerous day to kick field goals. Uh, he had built yeah. his confidence back up a little bit against Penn State. That weather was nasty yesterday. Uh, but, you know, he, he, he was two for two. You know, you're now uh, – you know, two for your last two field goal attempts, and and you hit all your extra points against Penn State as well. So take that for what it is, and 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 move on, and and hopefully, um, you know, he's kicking extra points instead of field goals against uh, Purdue. Yeah, but anyway, yep. uh, we'll have our the schedule with Thanksgiving coming up is, is going to be a little different. Uh, probably we'll have our podcast on Wednesday uh, to preview the bucket game, and then we'll have. Uh, content throughout the week, uh, previewing the game as well. So, TJ, thanks for joining me on a uh, what it turned into a cold Sunday, um, yeah. and we'll talk to you next week.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess, uh, I, like we said, we, we won't complain about the weather when the cold finally does come because we had a very nice uh, extended Indian summer. So I will not complain about the cold, but, yeah, it's a bit chilly.
1: Nope, no complaints here. I, I like the cold and I like the snow. Uh, it's the 38 uh, degrees in rain that is miserable. But anyway, that does it for today's show. Uh, come back to HoosierHuddle.com often. Uh, check us out on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Uh, don't forget, if you're buying holiday gifts, uh, Christmas gifts, uh, books for next semester, check out our Amazon uh, portal. On the website, you can either go through it through the Hoosier Shop ad on the side on the desktop or the uh, ad for Tom Brew's uh, book On the Rebound as well. Uh, We get a a, a referral bonus uh, from your purchases. It helps us maintain the site, bring you quality content, uh, and uh, helps us with travel costs uh, to away games as well. So. Uh, We appreciate that. We appreciate you listening, and uh, it's bucket week, so uh, enjoy that, and um, we'll talk to you on Wednesday.